0: Oh And welcome to another edition of Let Me Tell You Something, as myself, Lorca Mullen, and my co-host, Simon Cross, have been going through every match that Dave Meltzer's rated five stars or higher that we can discover and find and keep and cherish for ourselves, and watch it, analyze it, contextualize it, reappraise it, and decide whether we ourselves will give it five stars out of five. Simon, we're continuing our 2017 um, decology, as it were. Ten matches from the year of 2017 that were given five stars. We're into the final two and the fir- also the only two that took place outside of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Where are we and what are we covering? Uh,
1: while well, we're in the building that uh, um, Deodorant forgot and we're watching... <laughs> Sorry, that's harsh.
0: Oh, harsh, but probably fair.
1: Uh, and we're watching a Battle of Los Angeles quarterfinal between... Uh... Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Donovan Dijak, as he's known here. I give him his WWE a size name uh, in the previous episode, you'll recall. Taking on Big Keith Lee. And Christ, is he big.
0: He's a biggin. He's a biggin. Very handsome man for his size, though, I thought. He's a very charismatic-looking oh, yeah. dude. Uh, I don't yeah. know why. I just noticed it at one point. I was like, wow, he's actually quite a handsome dude. Not many people who are, like, £340 that you feel like. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. You know, usually that doesn't do your... your, your Your facial features very good favours. But he's also a a man who's, like, 340 pounds with a big stomach that still looks like it might have a six-pack there.
1: Yeah, he's like like Walter. If you notice, Walter's got, like, Mm. he's not ripped, but you could tell he could kill you.
0: Yeah, like, if he dropped the body fat, there's probably a six-pack of abs there underneath. He doesn't have to do, like, additional sit-ups afterwards to get to them, you know? Yeah. Because there are skinny people out there without six-packs. Oh, yeah. Um, Neither of us are that person. (laughs) Do you ever see a kid when you were younger, like a kid on a beach who's got six-pack abs, and you're like, you've done nothing to deserve that.
1: I didn't get... I I always just got, like, weirded out by them. It's like, what genetics have they got?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not like they've, like, tried to get it. Again, it's just kind of... I'm guessing John Morrison probably had like an 8 pack from about 5
1: he was doing sit ups in the womb was John yeah. Morris
0: <laughs> to be fair we are kind of in sit up position for that whole period aren't we
1: yeah it's just one big crunch because mm. and... I, ha- I do have a friend of mine I- I'm going to go to light talk, who just doesn't gain weight no matter what he eats and it is the most infuriating thing in the world and I can imagine in the wrestling world people like um, who some who d- just don't quite have the thin ballore bl- gene, must get frustrated.
0: Do you, um, yeah, I mean, guys like, uh, yeah, but it's like, it's across the, you know, as we uh, recently joined the WWE a few, few, a while back now, but not more close to our time of recording, uh, Kane Velasquez and a lot of people online complaining that he doesn't look that particularly intimidating. And it's like, really, really, mate? <laughs>
1: Just watch the UFC fight against Lesnar. You'll see.
0: Yeah, but anyway, uh, we are. You know, we're talking about people with different uh, genetic traits to the majority of us. And whilst the indie scene is traditionally five foot seven, five to five foot eleven people doing their best to do something spectacular to make up for their size disadvantage, two men with the size advantage pretty much spend this entire match showing that they can do anything that those five foot seven to five foot eleven people do on the indie scene. <clears throat> this is a fascinating exhibition of what is required on the indie scene to stand out. When you no longer like, you know, you look at people like Dijak and Keith Lee, Dijak in particular, they'd be signed up to any territory very quickly. And as soon as Vince McMahon would get his eyes on him, he'd bring him into the main promote, you know, into the WWF. Uh, Similarly, Keith Lee would have probably found work wherever he went as well. Yeah. But the moves that they're doing in this match, you know, wouldn't look out of place in a match between, I don't know, the the Young Bucks against... um, uh, the Super Smash Brothers, or something like Although, actually, Player Uno also kind of defies those physical expectations as well.
1: Or well, you could have said, like, the Lucha Brothers, or yeah, SCU, yeah, or Golden Ethers. Yeah, 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 People like that. Oh, Golden Lovers, maybe a little bit. So,
0: different. yeah, what this is is an exhibition, but it also doesn't oftentimes feel like that much of a match to me. It's a really yeah. impressive display, and it gets the crowd going. I'm really starting to realize that, like, PWG really obviously works in that Legion Hall in Reseda, California. But I don't know that all of it entirely translates as well to the viewer. You know? Mm-hmm. And I wonder if, if Dave Meltzer had watched this on DVD instead of being at the in the front row or wherever it was he was seated. I don't think you see him during this, ep- this match compared to the six man that we saw earlier.
1: Yeah. Um,. No, we don't see him. We do see. Oh, there's one guy. Really annoys me in this match. Just oh. get... <laughs> one specific guy. Long ish hair, like to his shoulder, I think. Beard, glasses. And you can just hear him. Like, going, oh, no. Oh, I'm just making smart Alec comments. And I just yeah. think, just, just shut yeah. up.
0: This is another one of, like, like, we said in the previous PWG one with the six man tag. PWG is almost one giant inside joke of a promotion. Yeah. Um and Chuck Taylor and Excalibur on, on commentary are kind of doing the same thing as well. I mean they're basically criticizing some of the things they do in this match. Like, there's a moment when Donna where Dijak has Keith Lee down and he's like waiting for him to get up and telling him to get up, and Chuck Taylor's saying, like, why do they why do they do that? It makes no sense. He's down, yeah. attack him.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, it's like most people would just stamp on his head right now, but not Dijak.
0: <laughs> so there's a particular series of matches that this reminds me of a lot, and I'd be curious to see if you have any uh, previous matches in the history of wrestling that you would cite for this as well. It doesn't matter oh. if you don't. I'm just curious if maybe tough, you would think of the same one.
1: Yeah. Nothing really specifically comes to mind okay.
0: Well, what with this. For
1: me, for me, it's got that, as you say, that exhibition-y vibe. Yeah. I... It's. Uh, I will say it's not a match. I don't think it's aged that well because we're seeing heavyweights do this all the time now, whereas no, they, it's treated doing as special because
0: of this match.
1: Quite possibly. Mm.
0: But the what it's. Uh, rem- I'm reminded of the most are the Mike Awesome Sato Tanaka matches in FMW and ECW, where it's just big move against big move really risky dangerous and like a you know big people especially mike awesome doing stuff that you wouldn't necessarily associate with people of that size mm-hmm. to to get a, and that gets a huge response from the crowd do
1: you reckon we'd get an electrified swimming pool death match in pwg anytime soon uh
0: probably not in that size of an arena no <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just loads of paddling pools and car yeah, batteries just fucked
0: yeah. up. But you know where I'm coming from. Like you, you, you watch those Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka It's it's kind of like I was thinking. Actually, I think PWG is kind of like wrestling fast food, in that it's a quick rush, but it's not really that nutritional compared to what other places you can get food from.
1: Okay, that that's a pretty uh, pretty nice analogy for it. Actually, I think uh, I think in the six-man tag match, I referred to it as uh, the last day of school where everyone gets to mm. bring a toy.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, kind of thing. And it's the, it's got that... you, In the same way that when you eat fast food, you accept that you're just eating something fast, loose, and just yeah. for, for the taste, not for the uh, nutritional value. And it's...
0: And things are very fast say. and loose later on in the day when you're having a, 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 a refunding.
1: Oh, refunding! That is the
0: politest word you could have used there. <laughs> fair play um but yeah i just um it's just a series of big big moves and they don't hit all of them but you just applaud their effort for what they do hit like there's several times in the match where Dijak tries to land on his feet from like a like very early on he he does like a a backflip but he doesn't land well off of it. Yeah, and you know people make mistakes in life and in you know in real fight situations but it's obvious that they're trying like i said this is like a floor exhibition in a gymnastics competition, just with the two yeah. least likely looking gymnasts you can imagine. Um, and they're just like, its it feels like play. Very impressive. I, I really don't want to be shitting all over this, but I guess maybe it's because I've watched so many good matches. To have something where I can see clear flaws in it, I guess I'm kind of like, you know, Ha ha! That's a chance, you know? Because if, if you are five stars, especially in this day and age, I, I have a certain level of expectation. And I think what Dave Meltzer gave was a five-star experience for people in that hall. And I don't hmm. doubt it was for them. And if I was there, maybe I would have also thought that as well.
1: Well, yeah, because the fact remains is watching wrestling live is intrinsically different to watching it on television. Like It, it just is. And <laughs> like, you do find things um, more appealing than you would on reflection. But, um, a great example of that is an Alistair Black versus Kurt Hawkins match I saw take for main event. And I thought, oh, this is actually quite good. Hmm. But I think if I watch that episode of main event, I'd be like, oh, a bit by the numbers, but it happens. <clears throat> um, but yeah, there are amazing visuals throughout this whole thing. Like,
0: um, yeah, <clears throat> like Dijak does a Fosbury flop, Moonsaults. Um, but Lee, I think it was meant to be that Lee caught him, and it doesn't really go like that. But Lee stays up and lifts him, and then rams him into the post. Then Lee mm. does a somersault plunger to the outside and literally lands on his feet.
1: So, uh, Lee's got more, I think, of the of like the agility, athleticism than Dijak, But Dijak just seems like an utter monster. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean,
1: feast your eyes, like the ability. The, being able to do that to someone of that weight and, and height the question it's a is a tall though, man to do that to. Yeah, the question is,
0: though, should Dijak be doing this all the time in every match? Should he be, or, or even, you know, I don't know what, I haven't seen much of him in NXT, but I do know that he does some quite impressive moves. And they've had them have two matches already on TV, and uh, they're doing quite a lot of these things as well. And kicking out huge moves and everything. Again, that's that's kind of like the, the, the again reminding me of Tanaka and Awesome. Like, yeah. I remember when they did ECW One Night Stand, it was like they're kicking out of that, they're like JBL in the crowd watching it, kind of, <laughs> having a having the time of his life. Um, but yeah, it's just like
1: well, what he can remember of it. It's
0: it's like it's this is a crowd that is ready and and excited to go mental over everything you give them, and so they give them a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, there's one count being kicked out of, so people go ape shit for that. There's chops, and people go ape shit for that. There's no selling, and people go ape shit for that. But it doesn't ever, you know, because we're watching these so many New Japan matches that have so much psychological depth to have something that's kind of all surface, just doesn't.
1: And obviously, it again, jar. It's like, it's,
0: right. It's like compared a, to
1: what we recently, compared to what we've recently looked at, you're right. It does jar quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's not. Bad. It's just very different. Mm.
0: Um. Also, they bring in the PWG goofy humor, but they bring it in right towards the end of the match because they've been, which is usually where you do. You know, you usually do it at the start. Yeah. Or if maybe take a little break in the middle, or you make it the whole match, like the big ten man tag at the end of the Battle of Los Angeles show, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. Uh. Weekend. Um where Keith Lee's dragging Dijak back into the ring, and Dijak has a jersey for the Monstars, which were characters from Space Jam, and that was what they yeah. named themselves as the a tag team The uh, on night one or night two, where they wrestled a the tag team match. They were like a one-night team. And, you know, and then, then Lee puts it on, and Dijak attacks him whilst he's putting it on. And it's just it just feels like something that should have been done right at the start of the match to me. You know, when, when you're kind of being a bit playful and it's like, okay, now we'll get down to the serious business. Like, my favourite example of that might be a Chikara match, I don't know if you've seen it, with uh, Delirious and Wicked against uh, the Super Smash Brothers. And Delirious and Player Uno do like a five, six-minute bit. It's so funny. It includes the immortal lines, Delirious, you usually don't hear what he's saying... And he's, like, extolling the virtues of everything that's non-Nintendo, whilst the whole thing about the Smash Brothers is their Nintendo <laughs> characters. So he's going, like, uh, Genesis is cooler, and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and then at the end of the exchange, Playeruna's, like, saying, The Wii! The Wii's the best! You can play baseball! <laughs> and then Larissa goes, no, 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 no. How about this one? Princess Peach is a tramp! <laughs> and everyone explodes
1: she's a prince literally a princess yeah princess of our hearts but they not it- diana it was her
0: <laughs> but they did it at the start of the match and i think that's where it works because
1: then- uh, do you know what
0: because then after that after they've argued then delirious goes "Do <speaking>, the backstage who will be now wrestle 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 and they go yeah okay let's wrestle <laughs> so they start wrestling
1: Do you know what's going to make me sound a little bit old man yells at cloud here?
0: Yeah, well, this whole episode kind of is a bit that.
1: The guy who got blinded, I can't think of another, like who had his vision obscured by putting on the jersey, then wins the match 30 seconds later, despite the fact he's been blinded and kicked in the face. Yeah. That really, that was just like,
0: and he wasn't. He doesn't even hit him with like the most spectacular move in the match. It's like a fireman's carry into a power slam. I well, yeah. think he'd done off the second rope earlier on in the match. That might have been what got a two count or a one count at some point, you know. But yeah, it's like look, like, look, like I said, as an exhibition, as like an audition piece for for the WWE, where they're looking for people to like, and they're all about creating moments now. where well, you can do that brilliantly with both of these guys, you know. It's like yeah. Brock, when Brock Lesnar tried to do the shooting star press, if you put it in the right context at the right time and Brock Lesnar doesn't slip and nearly break his neck doing it, yeah. it can be a great visual. And I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm not saying this isn't an amazing exhibition and I wouldn't say people shouldn't watch it and both these guys aren't incredible athletes. Mm. But for me, this didn't do as much outside of just like...
1: Being something that a you can watch and enjoy. Yeah. yeah.
0: I enjoyed it, but I don't think it's... It's not what I look for in my wrestling, necessarily.
1: Yeah. I think the Brock thing's slightly different purely because... And this is just my like, theory. In a way, him missing the move and surviving it helped his mystique more.
0: I not know if it helped it more, but it definitely made a moment out of it, which is what they were looking for.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's still a moment. And mm. in, I do think it is a great way... <laughs> I'm not saying ever bloody try and do it intentionally but it Mm -hmm. wasn't it 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 just highlighted the the physical specimen there's a great mania wrestlemania documentary moment where rick flair is like um i would first of all i wouldn't have tried it like i'd I'd be dead i'd still be lying there i wouldn't have done it at 24 Mm -hmm. or 54 but thank god he's on those neck bridges because that would have killed a regular man yeah
0: anyway i think we'll make this a short one um I don't have much more left to say. Do you have anything left to say? I think oh. I think what PWG is is a really good shop window. Yeah. If I was a promoter who didn't know who either of those guys were, and then I watched that match, I'd be like, I want to book these two guys, maybe even book that match, because you know it was those matches with each other that made Masato Tanaka and Mike Orson awesome, bigger names in America.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Their skills are on display here, like, and they may have. I mean Lee's clearly got natural charisma. Dijak's got the look. Mm. There's there's tools to work with if you wanted to do something that wasn't this yeah. with them, clearly. Um I mean they've both been signed by WWE and you know they were on the first, on
0: the first episode of NXT wrestling each other. So yeah. you'd assume the the people in charge saw this match and was like, we want some of this. And I can get why you would think that. But it's not the wrestling I have enjoyed the most. Like like I said, I was never a huge ECW fan, and I think maybe that's another example of why. I just think, you know, I, I, I use this phrase all the time, but I didn't feel connective tissue. I didn't yeah. feel a story.
1: Well, there wasn't one. It's not just you. No, I, I just, I, there simply wasn't one until they brought like, the jersey in.
0: It was fun, but, you know, sometimes you need you still need to have your five fruit and veg a day, you know? Yeah. Ten now.
1: Do, you, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to alter that slightly. There was a story, but not between the two of them. Well, the story was between them. And I think the expectation of PWG is like, look how big we are and look what we can still do. I
0: think, I think the story, well, there are three, three parts of the story. One is just these two guys are incredible athletes and they want to show the other one up and show who's the better athletes in a similar way to the ricochet. Will Osprey matches in the best of the super juniors. Yeah. The other story is that it's kind of like a kaiju big battle. Uh, you know, where you consider everyone else. This is kind of like King Kong against uh, uh, King Ghidorah. Uh, no, sorry, uh, Godzilla against King Ghidorah, you know? From the recent Godzilla movie. Oh, right.
1: right one of them. Like yeah. Mothra or something yeah, like that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Maybe not Mothra so much. A huge moth! No! Just turn hey.
1: the lights off. Oh, alright. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> If you fought Mothra, you wouldn't win, all right? Oh, so don't ruin your mouth. Of course
0: not. I'm not I'm like bring it on Mothra. Um, and the third story of the match is
1: um I can't remember. It's a memorable one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's sort of the point, isn't it though? It's like you've just mentioned well, the
0: third story of the match is, is let's steal we're going to steal the show. Yeah. You know. And that's kind of what all of PWG matches are. Can we steal the show?
1: Out of those three points, half a point of that was between each other, like, showing each other up. The rest of it was, let's show what we can do to people that aren't each other. Let the, the, the story isn't about us as a co- in a combative sense. Mm.
0: Well, we were really harsh to two people that are incredibly good at what they do. So, Simon, let's talk about what we're good at, talking on the internet. Or <laughs> good is a relative term. Um... Neither of us are giving five stars, but if people want to get in touch with us and tell us why we're wrong, uh, especially, you know, if you want to give Donovan Dijakovic and Keith Lee our contact details, how can they get in touch with us, Simon?
1: That's alright, Britain's leaving the European Union soon, I'll be alright. What? (laughs) Croatia's an EU state,
0: isn't it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they are, actually.
1: I think they are. Oh yeah, they are. Well, uh,
0: want... Loads of people moan about Croatians coming over, aren't they? Yeah. So
1: yeah, go on. Ah. well, if people want to get in touch with me on Twitter and uh, say that just because the immigration policy of our country will change, I'm still not safe from Donovan Djako- Djakovic, Uh they can get in touch with me on at Simon Cross Free.
0: My name is Lorcan Mullen. That's L O R C A N M U L L A for assimilation, N for no deal Brexit. That's my Twitter handle. That's my Instagram account. Facebook, Let's Box, we put putting at gmail.com again at, the end to, at the end of it. That's my email address. Get in touch with the show, LMTYSPOD at gmail.com. LMTYSPOD is also our Twitter handle, and we have a Facebook page. Uh, if there's anything left for you to say, so si, what have we got for our next and final PWG match of 2017?
1: there is one more thing left for me to say because you seem to forget to promote yourself if you want to hear Lorcan talk oh, about yeah, other things but... you can hear
0: it will be up to me to decide whether to bring that up per episode
1: best the of words of British podcast one.
0: if Simon ever listens to it he'll be able to recommend it to you properly
1: <laughs> hey fourth wall can't break that I have listened to some of it have you yeah oh. the uh in the dog oh. episode
0: Oh, boy. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. <laughs> one mind seeing David Williams taking a moon salt off the top rope from Keith Lee. God. <laughs> Don't think he'd no sell that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, what's our next match, though?
1: Our next match, we are staying in PWG. We're staying at the same event. Two
0: debutants?
1: Uh, I no, not the same event. I tell no, a lie. Uh,
0: it's a we'll month later. Weekend, yes.
1: Yes. Um,. Two debutants to our list, you are quite right. Although this is probably not the last time we'll see either of them. It
0: definitely isn't the last time we'll see either of
1: them. There you go, see? Right. It is Walter, pronounced Walter!
0: I pronounce it Volta because I'm one of those pricks.
1: Oh, God. Versus... I say um,
0: Barcelona as well.
1: England's own Zack Sabre Jr.
0: Oh, Zack Sabre Jr. Someone really brilliantly described Zack Sabre Jr. to me once. Or I might have read it online. He said, he looks like a person who has a very thorough opinion of every member of his
1: team's squad. <laughs> that first choice right back is pure <laughs> garbage. Brilliant. But anyway, until then, my name is Lorcan Mullen And my name's Simon Cross.
0: Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five-star time.
1: Until the next time.